Don't you just love it when you can confidently say that someone has your back? Hi, Dave Lee here, and that's the feeling I have with UCARE. Anytime I call them up with a Medicare question, I know without a doubt that a real person will answer, and they will work through my issues no matter how long it takes, and they won't hang up until I completely understand what's going on. Their people and customer service are second to none, and it's why UCARE has people-powered health plans. Don't hesitate to reach out to UCARE for help. Learn more at UCARE.org slash Medicare. This paid endorsement brought to you by UCARE. Today on my first concert, and you do the All American Rockers. I was out seeing you at the Dakota oh, yeah. not too long ago as well. So well, you guys are all over the map. Oh, seriously, the brothers have worked with some pretty important rock and roll people, and they, they needed a, a girl singer once in a while to break up the action because Paul can't hop over that stage like Mick Jagger the whole night. You know, he, he does his Mick Jagger impersonation. Oh, he just he does says it well. He looks in a just pretend you're looking in the mirror and you saw a ghost. Ah, and that's what he says Mick Jagger does. Minnesota's first family of jazz, the Petersons, Linda and Patty are with us. They've got stories to tell that we're going to share with you. Davide joins me. I'm Dave Lee on my first concert. It's being brought to you by Aquarius Home Services here from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Also by StarBank.net, by Propane, and by UCARE. Patty and Linda, thanks for coming in. It's great to see you. I appreciate your time. Patty, you, you and I have known each other for years. Linda, we haven't had the chance no, to spend a lot of so time fun. together. But I'm so much aware of your family, obvious for obvious reasons, and what's happened with your family. Not only your mom and dad, but your children. It's crazy how much music has meant to this family. But before we go anywhere, your entertainers, your performers. Linda, I'll start with you. Okay. What was the first concert you ever saw? Not as not performing, but as a as a fan or the Everly Brothers at Excelsior Park. Oh my. My girlfriend's dad gave her a nineteen sixty-four Mustang and the <laughs> girls were flying out <laughs> to Excelsior. Oh it wasn't the a convertible, Everly was it? Brother. Yes, it was. Oh my. Oh yes, it was. And that was something else. Yep. So that's number one for me. Well, that's hard to forget. Do you remember much about the show itself? No, and we were so young. I remember the the Bye Bye Love was the first single Grandma ever bought me at age 10 or 12 or whatever I was in those days. And and we all could sing harmony on that song, our little cousins from... Bakersfield, who now live out there, they used to live here, and we'd we'd sing the harmonies on <laughs> "Bye Bye Love," and and we had that one down. And and a few years later, to actually get to go see the Everly Brothers, mm. oh my goodness! So had, that, you been, had you been performing at ten years old too, or was that just no? We did commercials, and <sighs> Billy and I did Laura Scudder potato chips when we were <laughs> kids, and oh, what else did we do? I wish Billy was here to. To fill in the blanks, we'll but get them one but of that days. was that was one of the ones that we did, and then I did a song called "Fly Me" or um, "Follow Me to the Moon." One of Dad's uh, one of Dad's friends wrote this little song, and and I think I was ten or twelve then too, and and recorded that song. So yeah, they had us they had us doing stuff whatever whatever we was a good fit and um being the firstborn i had lots of lavish attention from mom and dad who were very very young at the time the truth comes out <laughs> very much attention not a bit happy when they brought billy home <laughs> oh 
when he's not even here he's to defend himself. Oh my he gosh, knows. he knows. But anyway, <laughs> mother, mother, and dad were with CCO at the time, yeah. you know, and. Uh, I sang on the radio on Cedric Adams' show when I was two and a half, the old song, Buttons and Bows. And then what else did I sing? So had Don and Phil called you up on stage, you would have been ready. Honey, I would have been ready. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know if there was any swooning going on yeah. in that swooning. 1964. Go. All the girls, four of us girls in the 64 Mustang. You better believe it. Oh, my goodness. Swoon fest. Swoon fest. Singing harmonies right with them, but nobody oh, could hear you. All right, right, Patty. You're first. <clears throat> All right, it was Dionne Warwick. I was 14 years old, and my best friend Nancy and I, we lived a block apart. I believe our parents figured out how to bring us to the Minneapolis Convention Center. And I, for some reason, when we were listening to pop music, her um, walk on by and do you know the way to San Jose really spoke to me. It was a, a different than what we were hearing on the radio, although... So many songs I did love on pop radio at the time. But for some reason, that was really cutting through to me. And so she was the first concert I saw. And uh, I've loved and respected her work all forever. Now, you you guys are always performing. So you don't get to go as many concerts because you're usually the ones that people are going to see. However, having brought this up with your sister now, Linda swooning over the Everly Brothers. Did you ever go to a show where you were swooning over the singers? Oh my gosh! You know, I think my swooning. I think will understand. I think it totally. I mean, you know, to to be honest with you, um, the swooning that I would do would be because I finally got to see some of the best bands that I would love to listen to yeah. when I was growing up, and that was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Or if I saw I saw Michael Jackson in concert, I was swooning at the ability that I was watching them do the music live. It wasn't like I had a particular attraction for any of them. I was in love, literally in love with the music. And it took me 50 years, but I finally met Stevie Wonder. So, you know. Oh, you um, did. I did. What did you say to him when you first met him? I met him. I had to rehearse it because I knew that I would not be able to talk if I ever met him. I, he's like, I can, I'm bowing down right now. So brilliant. And I listened to him since the time I got my hands in my mid-teens on his records. Then Paul swiped them all. He talks about that. <laughs> I said, I want to thank you for being such a light in this world because you've really touched a lot of people and you've really touched my life. And it was the coolest setup, Dave. You got to figure, just listen to this. It was after hours and they're very smart. They don't let you come with your little cell phone and take a picture and then have all these cell phone pictures up on the internet. You actually stood in a line. Stevie had a piano. There were ropes barricading people off until you had your opportunity to go up and have your picture taken professionally, mm. which was sent to you free the next day with Stevie at a piano. And what he was doing the whole time was playing chord changes and th things that would just were moving him musically so that he could get through that process. And he would acknowledge people, but he was loving the fact that his security blanket of a piano was right there so he could... You know, bring joy to people. Yeah. Now, Linda, hang on, because when we come back, I got to see if there's anyone like with Patty that you met that was almost overwhelming. Because people have met you guys and been a little nervous about it. You've been on that other end, too. So I'm going to ask you about that. When we come back, this is my first concert. Great to have you with. You can download this on Spotify, Apple, uh, TalkNorth.com, wherever you get 
your podcast and subscribe too. It makes it easier. So get it each week. I do want to mention uh, the sponsors of our studio. That's Aquarius Home Services. I was out with Jeff uh, just this past week and we were talking about a number of things and uh, a number of us were complaining how cold winter was. But now's the time to get ready, believe it or not, for hot, humid summer days. And I know it sounds foreign to all of us, but it is a good idea to be worry-free with your AC like I am and schedule a tune-up with Aquarius. I do it every year. The nice thing about that is it keeps that uh, air conditioner or the furnace or both running a longer time. And that's what you really want. You don't want to have to spend more money on that. A quality train tech will come in your house, do a thorough evaluation. They'll review all the details and recommendations and any questions you have. And I, I'm speaking from experience because at Aquarius, their goal is always to provide not only great service, over-the-top service, but they really want to earn that right so that you'll recommend them to other people. And they certainly have with me. That's why I love talking to them. It's easy to do it. I've known them for over two decades. Just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. We have uh, Patty and Linda with us, the Peterson sisters from a very musical family. The boys aren't here, but we've had, uh, of course, Paul on this show as well, part of the family. We'll talk about some of the other family members at their expense. They're not here to defend themselves, so we'll let it fly. But let me ask you this, Linda. Patty's talking about meeting Stevie Wonder, which has to be nerve-wracking just knowing you're going to meet him. Is there anybody for you through these years you've performed with a ton of people? Yes, Andrea Bocelli. Oh, my. I thought I was going to die on the spot. (laughs) And it's a funny story if you've got a minute to listen. Mother used to judge the rock bands at the state fair for years. And we have a, a new friend, Bill Porter, who was one of those young rock bands in the 70s that Mother judged, and their band won. So he has endless love for Mom and the family. Somehow we have met him, and I've lost that thread. How did we meet Bill? But anyway, he's agent of the year for booking music in the Jupiter area in Florida every single year. And he is very involved with the Bocelli family in terms of booking uh, Andrea's father-in-law, who's a wonderful baritone opera singer. And he arranged for backstage meet and greet for me when Andrea came to a concert here. So we got to go up in the green room and meet him, and I have a picture with him, and it was just, I couldn't believe my good luck. Did you chat with him? He was very tired, and and there were only about eight of us who were allowed to be up there, so it really was VIP. I was so grateful for it, but his wife got him up off the couch. He was sitting on the couch, and I thought to myself, Here's a man who's, this is not his language. He's blind and so gracious about his, his darling wife said, there's, there's one more couple of ladies who would like a picture with you. So gracious. He got up, stood between my girlfriend and I and, and let us have this picture. But it just, my, my heart went out to him kind, kind of, you know, just thinking, boy, this, this would, it's not as glamorous maybe as we all might, might think. Right. Let's let's go to your performance, Patty. I don't, I don't I don't know because you were singing so young. Both of you were singing so young. The first what's the first concert that left an impression that you performed? Oh, you know I have to go back to uh, us as kids, and we did not know this was going to be moldable. But we did concerts as a family. I think that I was probably about fifteen. Paul was five on a full set of drums. Mom was alive. Dad had passed. And uh, the siblings, we worked up a couple of um, songs for a uh, oh a corporate event, 
And um, I didn't realize that that was going to leave an impression on me like it has when I look back at the video that was captured that night. We would do a lot of family concerts for the church and the jingle sessions, like Linda said, because Dad was a prolific jingle writer, commercial writer here, right in these studios here in Minneapolis. Um, I would say that uh, I think when I finally picked up the phone thinking, how am I going to show my family off, off and it's my happy place, how can I possibly show my family off and show people just how great we uh, get along and the depth of music we play together and how the communication we have when we're on stage together, how special this is. Well, little did I know, first of all, the catalyst is Linda always. She's living in Palm Springs, and she and I are, you know, kibitzing, talking about how can we do this, and and Mom is spending a fair amount of time with her out in California. I picked up the phone to the Jazz Bakery in L.A. and said, can I work here? Kind of like I did with WCCO Radio. You know, it's like, and all of a sudden, boom, there we all were, every one of us, and our first cousin, Tom, who lives out there, and we did a concert at the Jazz Bakery, and I thought, you know what? It's it. That, that's that was very empowering to me. That was really something. And we all had a slumber party in my little two bedroom house. <laughs> Everybody, Billy said, "That's my bed under the piano." We had a, like a rollaway. <laughs> they were fighting over that bed. I think I was at a blow up mattress next to Mom's bed in, in her bedroom. You <laughs> yep. sure were. So, Linda, you remember that well. What about what? What was the first concert you performed that stands out? I, I guess I have to say the, the great music house jazz jazz house in Copenhagen, Montmartre. I did a I did a, a concert in front of a sea of people with some great, great local musicians there. And my brother Billy was at the helm and just great Danish players and and it was a very heady experience. I was a nervous wreck. And then another time that and it went beautifully. We have a live recording from it and I I, it's a treasure, you know, and then another one where it was a nail biter for me or two was to open for Bob Newhart at the McCallum Theater, yeah. the famous theater in Palm Springs. It was just, it's like so nerve wracking for me because I love my prop, the piano. Patty knows this. I, oh, don't put me out in front. She said, you're good at that. What's the matter with you? But I mean, I want my prop and Ricky kind of feels that way too. Okay. He likes that prop that I could play for the Pope if I have my little <laughs> piano in front of me. <laughs> But otherwise, oh, just don't dangle me out there in front because I am a nervous wreck. How do you and end it, up playing for Bob Newhart? It, uh, Micah McFarland, a local wonderful musical family from here, called me. Said he likes jazz singers. Do you want to open for him? And then he called me when Bob came to Minneapolis. So, so we, both, had that we both had that great opportunity. And we had to find our big band charts and sing that style of music, which is a luxury. That's not something you get to do very often as a vocalist. No, it isn't. I mean, nobody can afford those big bands, unfortunately, you know. So that was a the, the Denmark concert and then the McCallum Theater concert. And then I did a solo concert at the Jazz Bakery in 94 with some great L.A. players. And that was another thrill for me. When you performed, for example, in front of Newhart, both of you, what about a set list? Who decided what? We came with, I, I borrowed some charts from a gal singer I know in Palm Springs who sang in the same key, uh, charts for 10-piece band, which is what it was. And they worked for me, and it was it was standards. It was like, uh, Our Love is Here to Stay, for example, and some of those Gershwin standards that, that uh, I just said, here's what I have. And they said, fine. 
We need 20 minutes is what they needed. Oftentimes in a situation like that, you are the guest vocalist and there's a musical director. And yeah, so exactly. you you uh, can you talk to the musical director and you come up with whatever that set list is. And it's a short opening set, but it is a lot of fun. And uh, even though you're, it's nerve wracking, you don't ever forget it. And it is, you're dressed to the nines and there's this, like you said, Linda, sea of people out in front of you. And oh, it is right. really fun. And my name on the door. As, with a star on it next to Bob Newhouse. Don't forget it. Yeah. You are. You will never forget. I thought, really, is this happening? Yeah. And no cell phone to take a picture oh, of. Oh my gosh! Oh yes, <laughs> no, I have a cell phone. Wow, wasn't that long yeah, ago? No, Damn. no, this was pretty recently, actually. Not, oh, what? Yeah, the, the okay. yeah, these were recent. Yeah. In the last twenty years, recent. Yeah, so okay. there were cell phones back then. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, these were more uh, more recent than that. That we well, did probably. Bob Newhart, yeah. Newhart's, yeah. Did you get a chance to chat with him? Oh, yes. And he was darling and met his wife, and one of his kids was there. And they, they love jazz, and they very complimentary. And it really, it was a neat experience. Yeah, for totally a neat experience. It's so interesting to have you ask these questions because there's so many parts about being a performer that I want to clarify. First of all, it's something we talk about in my household with my husband, Stuart, and myself. And that is there's a difference between a gig where you go out and you play a hotel or you play... We call them jobbing dates, uh, a wedding reception or, or something like that. That's a different mentality than it is doing a concert. So I'm not sure that any concert doesn't give us a performer a certain amount of nervousness prior to going up because you've polished it just a little more. You've fretted about your outfit just a little more instead of whatever's hanging in the closet is going to work as long as it's black, but bling, you know. Okay, so, I didn't think about that. You're yeah, right. Yeah, it's different. It's different. And so I think throughout our lives, we've had those times of performing concerts, not gigs, Yeah, where there point, is Daddy. more pressure Internally, like an actor going on stage, it becomes a thing. You have to get into character and you have to rehearse so you feel good when you're finally standing on the stage. And, and I've read this, and I'm sure you have too. It gives you that extra little edge. When you are a little bit nervous, you might be also a little bit better, you know? Yeah. When we come back, I want to ask about the family. I want to talk about the roots that that keep on going. It's, it's pretty impressive. We're with... Uh, Patty Peterson, who I've known for a long time, and her sister Linda, who, and they're from Minnesota's first family of jazz. Dave Lee here with Davide doing our producing uh, today. And it's all brought to you by our friends at Star Bank. That's the bank here, talknorth.com. So, uh, talk about putting your money where your mouth is. Literally, this is a, a great place to park your money. And I would, I would talk to them if you're thinking about a loan for anything at this point. Because Starbank really is second to none. There's no red tape. There's no monkey business. Once you apply for that loan and submit your documentation, you're on your way. And it might be a home equity line of credit. I don't know. Maybe it's a home mortgage you're looking at. Could be a business loan, ag operating, or equipment loans. That's kind of how they started many, many, many years ago here in Minnesota in that ag field. But even a loan for, oh gosh, a camper. Maybe you're going to do an RV. Finally, you've talked about that. They handle all those things. The other cool part of this is they answer the phone when you call them. So you get to know them. You got that old personal feel of banking like it was meant to be. Now, if you're into the tech thing and you want to do it all on the app, yeah, they have that. Certainly do. It's easy to do that, too. I just think it's really fun to walk in there and get to know them. They'll get to know you. Kind of how banking should be when you think about it. So 
Uh, just call your local Star Bank. They're all over Minnesota. Stop by today at your convenience. Loans are subject to a loan application and approval. They're at starbank.net, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. All right, so uh, we're with the Peterson family, and I want to ask you, Linda and Patty, uh, about the family. Let's talk about the musical talent, because uh, with you guys, your parents, your brothers, and now your kids, it's all over the map. Well, we it's really fun to see it come through in the kids, too. I'm sure Patty will agree. Yes. My well, son Jason, son's with for Michael example. Bolton? Yeah, he's with Michael Bolton, has been for almost 20 years, and has been able to see the world. He's been over to over 100 countries with Bolton. And I'm getting ready to go to Marbella, Spain. He's part of the Starlight um, Occident Jazz Festival and the end of June. So it's our brothers are with notable people too, which we can touch on if you like. Yeah. But I mean, it's created so many opportunities. And I wanted to just go back to one little fun kind of thing I hope your listeners will think is fun. Another concert, another first for me was to see the wonderful Leon Russell who wrote so many things. That was the music of my youth, the really the, you know, wow, I get to go to the armory and see Leon Russell. And I can remember thinking, oh, look at those girls who get to go in the limos with these guys. Little did we know that down the way, it would be our brothers and my son who would be creating these opportunities for us to, you know, well, okay, the limo's here. <laughs> We live vicariously, and we've met some really fabulous people as a result. And uh, we've met fabulous people on our own careers, too. But it's just, you know, they make friends with the people they're working with. And, boy, before you know it, we get to meet them and hang out with them, too. So that's a good good point. Yeah, it was <clears throat> really, you know, down the way, and here we get to do it now. But we should tell about the story about how Mom and Dad met, maybe, and why they decided to become an item. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I, I just know the story about uh, back to Excelsior Park where I first saw the Everly Brothers. Dad and Mother had a job out there, and this would have been, oh, 1944, 43, something like that. They Well, didn't they get married in 43 before Dad went over to the well, war? Well, uh, Mother talks about being 19 years old. Yeah, and, and she'd be 100 today, so we all oh, can yeah. do the math. But anyway, the folks had a gig together, and... Mother had to be picked up by the boys in the band, and she had to pick a lap to sit on. And she said, looked at Dad and thought, well, Willie, he's cute. I'll sit there. And then I usually interject, and the rest is history. Yeah, that's right. And so, and Mother recently told me when they got home from that gig, she fixed Dad a grilled cheese and tomato soup at her parents' kitchen table. When she got dropped off. And I thought, yes. oh, how cute. Still the comfort food of the late 90s. Oh, oh yeah. It was probably, let's see, that would have been 1939 or 40 or something. I suppose, yeah. And they were already really busy in the music industry. Dad was with the University of Minnesota writing. And I think uh, there was a story I read in Mom's journal after she passed about him and the band playing her prom, North High Prom. She's 17, and he wanted to go dance with his girlfriend. So they may asked her to go up and sit in with the band. And... We didn't know those stories, but sure enough, there they were in the journal. So 
they had met, but they really met. It was like one car back in those days that picked up everybody yeah. so you could well, get to the gig. So, And, and should we just touch on the Peggy Lee story of Dad's high school days? Oh, yeah. Oh, you might get a kick out of this. From he, Jamestown, North Dakota, Yes, right? and, and Dad was playing in Sev Olson's band, and he was still in high school. And this little lady, Norma Engstrom, came through from North Dakota and sat in and sang with the band. And she and Dad got to be friends. He was just a young kid, you know. And uh, anyway, he loaned her the money to go to Chicago. And for years afterwards, she kept in touch with Mom. And one night from stage when she had a concert here, oh, this is probably 30 years ago already, but the MC was Lake Kamen of radio notoriety from the Twin Cities. He was the MC for the evening, and he, Peggy asked, Do, does anybody know how to get a hold of Jeannie Arlen Peterson? I'd like to call her. And so, of course, he did and, and gave Peggy the information. And she said, called Mother, and she said, I want to meet your kids. And we all got to go to the Carlton right. Celebrity Room with oh, she and Tony Bennett. Oh, about the Carlton Celebrity Yeah, I yeah, remember that wonderful yeah. spot. And it was she and Tony Bennett on the bill, and we were invited for wine and and pizza in the green room and got to hobnob backstage with those wonderful icons. And they were nice. Oh, they were so nice. So she sat and told stories about singing with Dad. And I was on the love seat with her, and she kept going like this to my hair. It was so sweet. Just taking the ends and kind of talking to me like I was about 12, but I wasn't. It was so sweet. It was so, so sweet. I think she was on a double bill with Tony Bennett, actually. She was. Was she? she? Was. Yeah. Okay. We okay. got to meet him, too. Oh, Dressing so rooms next door to each other, but it was she who we were there to see, and so she was very kind. Totally kind. But tell me, whenever Tony Bennett came, he liked to go to Mancini's for dinner. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Well, that's 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 what I've heard. I thought he wanted to go to Mama Rosa's. <laughs> Could I, be. I, wasn't that on the West Bank? Wasn't that the name of that? I, I don't know. I, okay, well. But I could uh, see Mancini's for sure. Uh, for sure, definitely. <laughs> you know, Mom and Dad were so, uh, had such a great time together and a career together. Back in the day, just so people understand what this is, they did live radio with their music. So the popular songs of the day were basically pop tunes were show tunes, but in the radio business, you would shorten them to about two minutes and mm -hmm. you'd have staff arrangers that would make it so that they could do these uh, songs in a short amount of time. And then the commercials were live, much like you were doing, but I see you're not singing them. Dave. <laughs> well, not with you two in the room. <laughs> anyway, so that was the history. That's what we grew up on. The basement was filled with rehearsals or writing of commercials. Um, and then, of course, all the instruments were in the lower level of the Richfield home. And uh, that home still exists. Our youngest brother bought it. And, you know, Dad would almost, you just leave things. And then eventually, pretty soon, we'd be toddling over the piano. <laughs> Tell the story about Mom and how she knew what she did to us and for us when we were just barely as high as the piano. Well, she had me playing chords on the piano when I could hardly reach it. And I think she had you matching notes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my, my joke is, she'd before we could talk, she'd plunk a note on the piano and go, match this tone. <laughs> ha, ha. And then she, if we could sing it, we were in. Was it always fun for you, or was it going, oh, I want to be out playing? Oh, such drudgery. <laughs> Do a song for the relatives. Do a song for the company. Oh, we always had to have a show company. at Christmas. Uh -huh. Had to put on the show. I and, know. Oh, well, and, and speaking of the instruments and toddling over to get them, Brother Billy, who was the consummate maestro on the double bass, the upright bass, there's, there's nobody better than him in the world in all the places I've played. There is nobody better. And Dad bought a, one of the baby basses, I think they were, 
ampegs or something. And it was the, not the big body bass, but it was an electronic version of it. Put it under the grand piano downstairs and said, don't touch that. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. The rest is history. And so that's exactly right. Billy, who was with Steve Miller for 25 years, and you know now he's with Ben Sitter, and he's got a European tour coming up as well. So yeah. he's busy. Ricky's with Stevie Nicks. He leaves tomorrow. He's been the organ player for her for about, oh, a good dozen years, if not more. Mm-hmm. And Also um, with Fleetwood Mac when they went Fleetwood on Mac, tour Fleetwood Mac, yes, years recently back. when Lindsay was not no longer with the group, they said, oh, let's beef it up with Mr. Ricky P. So And young Paul, he's been with Kenny Loggins and Donny Osmond and Prince. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, he and Prince became pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting story that he told me about, that they had a disagreement and got oh, mad yes. and then they... Resurrected the friendship, yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah, but it took many years. Oh, yeah. I think Paul was so glad that that could happen, you know, especially yes. in light of his early demise. And Paul was friends with, uh, I thought you told me, Michael McDonald as well, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, we all are. He, we're okay. we're friendly with him. and He's such a kind guy. He gave uh, the family such beautiful accolades for the program that we did for Paul at... Well, we have a, for our scholarship. It's run. for our yeah. scholarship, which we have a scholarship in our name at the University of Minnesota for Jazz Studies. Mm. And so it's awarded to now, it's up to, as an endowment, two students who receive an award from the Peterson Family um, Scholarship for Jazz Studies two years in a row. They'll receive it. And so anyway, when we had to do our virtual concerts, oh, yeah. not but a couple years ago, yeah. we had people interspersed in the film that we created that was also a live concert. And Olita Adams was one of them, Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins, mm. Ben Sidron, who I'm, I know I'm missing. Oh, uh, pr- probably missing a lot of people. But the bottom line is... David Sanborn, did he have a... Sure, could have. It's it's hard to remember. Ricky's been out on tour with David Sanborn for thirty years, right? On and off, and I, you know what I want to do? I have a funny story. You can bleep it out if it's not (laughs) if it's not radio worthy. Here we go. Let it fly, Linda. But it is back to the WCCO. (laughs) Patty was touching on the live. Things that mother and dad had yeah. to do. I mean, it was live. Legendary, that, that too, by the way. Legendary yes. live. So mother is singing a song, and Bob DeHaven drops his pants, oh, and boy. there he stands in his <laughs> boxer shorts. Mother's in the middle of a song, and she's supposed to keep a straight face and, and do this thing. So that's one story. And then I don't remember which one of the celebs was over at a cocktail party of mom and dad's, and she had a clothes shoot above was their him. little bar downstairs. I think it was DeHaven again. I think Just it was. A jokester. They're downstairs having their smart cocktails at a little sophisticated party at the GD and Willie's house. He opens the door of the of the dirty clothes shoot and they all fall down on, oh, no. on the oh. bar and everywhere. Oh, I mean just silly, just silly. They were a second family. Mother always said that. WCCO was a second family. And when canned music came in in the early nineteen sixties, she kept that telegram forever. And I'm not kidding you. Your services are no longer needed. And she had been with them since she was fifteen. Which and would have been 1936. That's the note she received. That's yeah, the, in, in a telegram because mm-hmm, the LPs were coming in. They oh. used to record to wire recordings. They used to record mm-hmm. to the big acetate heavy. They look like a LP, a 45, but or, um, what am I trying to say? 33, 
30, was a 78? You mean? But the no, speed no, was, no, yeah, no. but it was so interesting how we ended up with all of this great stuff. And our brother, Billy, sought out where you could get this transferred. Mother put out a CD called 88 Grand when she turned 88. And some of that very special music from those days is on that double disc CD. Yeah, it was then and now. Uh, then and now CD it was great. And, and did Paul buy the, Paul has the house? Paul has the house. It is That's so pretty fun. Special. It, it is. really is. They have changed it only a little bit, the main floor in particular, but they did the updates that were um, crying to be updated, and um, they have Thanksgiving every year, and we are grateful to be in that space and to feel the love that we've always felt. We call it the resort. Mother put in a pool a few years back, and she was always sorry that it wasn't there when we were kids. I said, oh, Mom, we've gotten to enjoy it with our kids now, and that's that's even better. Yeah, so, well, the range of music with you guys, too. I, you know, you mentioned uh, Paul. I forgot to mention, I he was with Donny Osmond for a while, wasn't he, on this TV he was, show? For 10 years, yeah. he was his musical director, and yes, indeed, uh, at Sony Studios in L.A., he was on the television show as well. Yeah, and then Jason, my son Jason and Paul both toured with Donnie for quite a long time until it became a conflict for Jason with Michael Bolton. and then, But he got to do both for two or three years. How did Jason uh, meet up with Michael Bolton? This was a, this is a, a fine little story. Jason and I got home from church one Sunday, and it was in the days of the it was 20 years ago or so, and we still had an answering machine. And Jason said to me in the car after church, oh, Mom, he said, I'm, I've got a call from some, I think they might be some nefarious characters who want me to help them produce some stuff from Jersey. And I just said, oh, Jason, don't don't take any stuff that you're iffy on or that you are suspicious of. That's, yeah. don't just don't do it. Something else will come. I go to the answering machine. I said, Jason, you better come and have a listen to this. <laughs> it's Dave DeLome with whom he went to college at Berkeley in Boston. And he's saying, I've got a chance for you to audition. Can you get a tape in here? Post haste, Michael Bolton needs a new saxophone player. So little brother Paul helps Jason put together this exquisite tape of different styles that he can play. It was a masterpiece. Sends it in. And Jason wasn't the only one who was asked to submit. Oh, I'm there sure. There were yeah, several. For sure. And, but he was the only one whose tape actually reached the boss's desk. Michael listened to it, and he said, I don't need to go any further. I like this guy. Oh, Linda, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's cool. that story. And that's this is 20 years hence. Yeah. Well, yeah. Were, yeah, he's a great guy, too. He's a very well, sweet have, man. Well, have to be if you're going to make it last 20 years. Even with, uh, you know, the Steve Miller band a long time for your brother. And yeah. Yes. There's got to be, I mean, you got to get along with those people. Well, it's, like I said, I mean, I think we look for that second family in life. And yeah. these uh, have been offered to the guys, the second family feeling with these bands. And if you don't do that, I'm sure you'll go complete stark raving mad. Right. If you can't create a sense of family when you're not with your own. Right. When we come back, I want to talk about the jazz influence for you, too. In fact, you're still playing those tunes on, on, I sure uh, am. on jazz radio, as a matter of fact, Patty. So we'll talk about that with Linda and Patty Peterson's talking music, Minnesota's first family of jazz. And it's not just me. That's a Hall of Fame uh, award right there, Minnesota Music Hall of Famers. Uh, all being brought to you today by our good friends at propane.com. Now, this is timely because I think we all are well aware that the carbon footprint has to be lowered. That's a conversation pretty much every day in, in all sorts of media. But you got to have reliable and affordable energy at the same time, right? 
So a diverse energy mix provides reliability and affordability, and that's extremely important, particularly here in our state where we get 34 distinct seasons, although it's mostly been winter this year. But fortunately, got a clean energy solution for tomorrow, and that is propane. It's available today at propane.com. You can read all about it. They produce 43% fewer emissions than electricity generated from the U.S. grid. So think about that for a minute and how much you hear about the grid and how we got to go electric. But this is 43% fewer emissions than that. Propane is energy stored on site. It's independent from the vulnerabilities of the grid. And propane's benefits don't end there because major advances are being made as we speak. Renewable propane compatible with traditional propane. And that means no additional infrastructure investments. This is big stuff. Here in Minnesota, we need to use all of our low-carbon alternatives, and that includes propane, to safely provide energy. The reliability we talked about, the resiliency we need, and certainly for all of us, affordability. Propane, it's the right energy, and right now is the time. Find out more about what propane can do for you at propane.com. Talk with Patty and Linda Peterson, and we've talked about the, the variety of music in this family. But jazz, you you two have a very special affinity for jazz. So where did that start? Oh, well, I I was going to turn it over to Linda because, you know, we heard it in the household. What I say when I'm trying to describe my family is that we cut our teeth on jazz, which is Linda's phrase, actually. We heard our parents playing that music in the household, it was the popular music of the time, and they had their jobbing bands, their restaurant gigs, their their wedding receptions, the radio, and and so that was something that was played in our house. Uh, I would say Ella Fitzgerald was mother's favorite singer. Um, she loved to listen to Oscar Peterson and Art Tatum, and uh, so I think that through osmosis, we just had that as our first language was music, yes, but jazz, definitely. Yeah, and Dad loved Duke Ellington, and I've read articles about Duke Ellington being likened to Prince in his innovativeness. Hmm. Really? Wow. Dad loved loved his charts, his band charts, and his, his expertise in the world of jazz. That was what, Dad was a very schooled academic uh, musician, and Mother was a more... Uh, uh, natural. In, they both it, had their gifts, but Dad was more, you know, like the music, the charts, the you know that kind of thing. And Mom would just wing it. Billy says Mom could threw away more than any of us will ever know. She, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just she was a her. child prodigy, as she you really correctly was. put on yeah. her bio. Uh, at three, she could play with both hands, and at fifteen, she finally went to go see what the chords were that she was playing because she was such a natural. Yeah. As good as she was, she recognized the right lap to sit in, didn't she? Oh, (laughs) she did. There you go. And jazz was the music of their day. And I can remember dad saying, you know, my folks didn't like this music. This was not what they liked at all, just as my our folks didn't love rock and roll. I can remember dad saying, you kids will come back to the good music. (laughs) Well, and we did. I have to say that Dad, when I was 10 years old, brought home an album for me and Ricky, and it was The Monkees. Oh, he purchased it? Yes, and he brought it home for us. But he was already listening to Sergio Mendes and Brazil 66. He sure was. I remember so that. So that whole bossa nova craze in 1960s when it came to the United States via the radio, believe it or not, and ham radio uh, at that. But my, Dad loved that style of music. Sure and did. so he was kind of getting a little con- contemporary himself in his 40s. What made him yeah. buy the monkeys? 
He just knew you liked oh, it. Oh, I think he was trying to suck up to us for some reason. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know. Ricky was six. I was 10. I have no idea. The Beatles, I'll never forget at the Hub Shopping Center seeing the record store with the Beatles uh, Revolver, I think was the name mm. of the, the album in the store window. Saw the Beatles in the store window. You mean you really saw them? No, 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 no. That's my neighbor asked me. No. I want to say something back to an original question. Linda, we haven't talked about the fact that mom, who, of course, Gershwin and Cole Porter and things like that, her favorite was Gershwin. And she was invited to do a concert at the Met Stadium outside with uh, Paul Whiteman, who was another prolif- prolific composer, writer, band leader. Music under the stars. Music under the stars. And as a matter of fact, we have it somewhere. And you can even hear the prop planes going over mm. in the concert. But she was... That was her the most that nervous, was her biggest. She, yeah, yeah. She was so nervous. Concert. She could have gone on the road. She could have been a a superstar, but she chose to stay home and raise her six kids. Yeah, yep. and loved it. Yeah, apparently. that was her love. Her family. Yeah, mutual. You could tell by yes. what has transpired. Since Mom was that time. fun. Yeah. If if you could go back and perform an, any concert with any particular person again is there any that that kind of stood out saying gosh i'd love to repeat that show sometime i'd love to repeat a musical experience we didn't get the chance to do a concert i'm still hoping for that to bring this man here but in 1996 ricky introduced us to a man that he'd produced along with tommy lapuma the great the great producer of diana crawl and many more he um, and Ricky produced, co-produced a man named Luis Salinas from Argentina, from Buenos Aires. And uh, I fell in love with that music. It's just like, where have you been all my life kind of music, you know? And anyway, I got to make a record with him in Buenos Aires. And that would be a repeat that I would dearly love to have. I call my sister the instant manifester. She wanted to record with him. Doggone it, she went to Argentina and recorded with him. I'm not that's kidding. That's impressive all by itself. Oh, yeah. that's so impressive. But you, you really have this belief. It's going to happen. I know it'll happen. I want to bring later. him here for a concert. He and his son, and I'm going to do that. By golly. Yeah, it was all set up, but then all, all, we all, all got... Set, all, all spoken on the airwaves here. <laughs> yeah, right, with, right. With you, Dave. See, instant manifesto. Breaking there news, you go. I like breaking it. Yeah, news. breaking yeah. news, right, exactly. I can't think of who mine would be. Who did I do a concert with? I don't... I really, honestly, I don't know, because I... Mean, I how about recently, though? You were just in Hawaii, and you oh. got to sing with one of your big... Music idols. Musical icons. Well, his name is Michael Ruff, and he has written a lot for people like Bonnie Raitt and Shaka Khan, and he actually has toured with them. He played a little bit with David Sanborn before Ricky got in there, actually. I didn't even know that. Yeah, but, um, so, yeah, I was terribly nervous. Talk about nervous. He was my, you know, oh, my gosh, I can't sing in Ryan. This just happened, didn't it? Yes, in Kauai. We were both hired to do a fundraiser for the kids and. Uh, on the islands, they don't have an incentive to go to college, and so people have come together to create the bridge from Kauai to college, and they help the kids be able to go check out a school, take their proper tests, financially, that is, because that's a luxury. So he and I did this fundraiser with the Casablanca field, so I made him do jazz tunes, which he was scared of, and I did, uh, <clears throat> and I worked with him, and I was like the leader. I said, Michael, we're going to be glorified wallpaper until we do as time goes by. Anyway, we did it, and we we punched knuckles. Said the mutual intimidation and and uh, admiration society because 
Yeah, I feel like I have a new friend. He really reminds me of my brothers, too, which is very fun. That's fun. Um, one show I'd love to do again, but it really maybe was a little too rich for people's bloods. I do a tribute to the music of Arbus Streisand. And I love that show. It was beautifully written, executed by Sean Turner and my dear friends, Mary Jane Alm and Amy Lee and Wayne Cullen singing with me and the trio, just amazing. And it was, um, I think it's a one and done show. You sit, I take, I go through the music of her entire life. And that, let me tell you, I can hear my mother saying, you got a lot of guts singing her music for two hours. True, because we listened to Ella growing up, but I... That's the most I've pushed myself musically in the last decade. I want to brag about her doing this show, just if I can, for a minute. Billy was with us at one of these Barbara Streisand tribute concerts. And he is a guy who, if you get a compliment from Billy, you better pay attention. You know, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Yeah. He said, look at what our sister can do. Most people in the middle of a Broadway play that lasts the same as this show, an hour and a half, have two, maybe three blockbuster tunes that is their requirement to pull off this show. Patty has just done this for an hour and a half, one blockbuster after the other. It's amazing. I thank my sound man. So said Billy. But thank you so and much. And I agree. Yeah, that actually, it was... I, I love that show, and I love that I pushed myself to do that. You know, I had some health issues that I never knew if I was going to sing again after a, a near-death heart thing about 16 years ago. And for me to be able to get on a stage and sing again, and I can hold notes longer than ever, and I just say everybody needs a new heart valve. You know, it's kind of funny, but not funny. I am grateful, and I get on that stage, and when I feel so supported by my family and my friends who I do music with, I feel like I'm so in the right place at the right time. Do you remember that first concert, the first time you sang or the gig, whatever it was, after yeah. the Heart Valve? Yeah. And what do you remember about it? I remember that it was at uh, Minnehaha Falls, and I can't remember what the function was, but I think it was Memorial Day. So it was about two and a half uh, months after, and then I did a night with my mom and my brother, Billy, and what was difficult for me, the talker, the singer, the most difficult when I came home, and I actually survived what killed John Ritter. It's called aortic dissection, mm. and it was an emergency open-heart surgery. And uh, I remember Mom and Billy and I were doing a job at Dakota, and Mom used to love to play tempos very quickly. And it took me a while, even after I came home, Linda, you might remember this, it took me three breaths to finish one sentence. I remember talking to her on the phone. I would be in, in California, and we would talk on the phone, and I can remember saying to you, you don't have to stop and breathe anymore. I can tell you're better. You oh, know? yeah. It's really an interesting thing. So on that night at the Dakota, I, I mean, I, I, could, I could tell that I was coming back, but it took me a minute. And I would say Linda came up with the coolest thing, and that was one of the most meaningful times of my entire life. She said, we have to thank these doctors and nurses for saving your life. And so about six months later, um, it was a concert at the Fitzgerald Theater. Linda thought of it. We have to do a concert. We have to say thank you. And uh, it was put together, and we invited every doctor and nurse that worked on me, with me, in Minneapolis Heart Institute, and, of course, open to the public. And I had and my proceeds family. Went. Pro proceeds went to the Minneapolis Heart Institute as a thank you. And that's because my sister thought of that. So, And that was, and was she was huge so for me. Great. That was wow. huge for me, really. So huge in the fact that 
there I was, all in one piece. And a lot of people can't even claim that they survive it. So, that, yeah. And, you know, you try not to take things for granted, but I think we all do. And sometimes it's, yeah, uh, unfortunately, a wake-up call. Or fortunately, I don't know, but uh, well, wow. you'll see pictures of we five siblings, and we are crazy. And you can't see me in the studio, but I'm doing the crazy sign around my head. We're crazy <laughs> about each other. We are. We love each other so much, and we make sure there's a picture every time the five of us are in the same room. Yeah, we just got when we were celebrating Chase or Ricky's birthday the other night at a friend's house, and we all happened to be in the food line. No, <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> Smart people. <laughs> yes, and and so Ricky gets out the camera. We get. We just had a, a fun <laughs> selfie the other night in the food line. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, you know. Um, I guess that if I were to say my first concert, I mean, I'm still ready for more concerts. I'm oh, ready for yeah. more with my family. We perform every holiday season. Yeah. We usually try to perform in August around mom's birthday and do a show called Songs My Mother Loved. And it is all the jazz going full circle back to the jazz. But uh, your original question is, how did we how did we come to jazz? And I, I think you pretty much touched on it because our folks liked the icons of that Era. That was what they played in the house, and mm-hmm. and we have a little funny thing. I mean, the neighbors, w- w- we would wonder what other people, you know, other people's folks did. Well, what does your dad play, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, just assuming that yeah. everybody was going to have a parent who, sure. who played music. That's, yeah, you just, everybody seemed like that. And you do the All-American Rockers. I was out seeing you at the Dakota oh, yeah. not too long ago as well. So well, you guys are all over the map. Oh, seriously, the brothers have worked with some pretty important rock and roll people. And they, they needed a, a girl singer once in a while to break up the action because Paul can't hop over that stage like Mick Jagger the whole night, you he, know. He does his Mick Jagger impersonation. Oh, he just, he does says, it well. he looks in a minute, just pretend you're looking in the mirror and you saw a ghost. Ah! That's what he says Mick Jagger does. <laughs> anyway, yeah, rock and roll, really fun. Of course we loved rock and roll growing we grew up. up with that. Because, right. you know, we didn't want to listen to what our parents listened to. You know what's kind of interesting? You mentioned uh, Excelsior, and, and the rumor is, the story goes that uh, you can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Mick Jagger apparently got the inspiration for that at the Excelsior Amusement Park with a guy named Little Jimmy, who was a regular... And that allegedly is is the basis for the lyrics in that song. I love that story. I never it's, heard that. I you heard that story, no. but not that quite specifically. Yeah, Tom uh-huh. Stewart of Channel Four, and when Tom was there, he did a two night uh, a piece on that. It was fascinating. That I bet you it's still got to be on YouTube. I would bet. I got to oh, look I that, look that up. up. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how true wow. it is, but I bought every word of it. I'll tell you that. Okay, let me ask you this before I let you go. If you were to book a concert, you're not in it now. Book a concert of your three favorites. Who would you book for that concert, alive or not alive? But, and, you know, who would it be? Linda? Okay, I have a favorite jazz singer who is not as well known as the Ellas of the world, but it's uh, it's Anita O'Day. I would, I would put her on the stage. There's such an iconic uh, video of her... Uh, what is that song? She's at the Newport Jazz Festival. Georgia, Sweet Georgia Brown. It is iconic. I would book her. I'd love to see her. I saw her once in her older years. And I'm almost sorry I did because, you know, it wasn't the same. I, people need to retire sometime, don't they? You know, but 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 she, she would be my, my gal that I would do. And I would have my friend Luis Salinas come for a concert. And I would have Andrea Bocelli. And I would have Luis and Andrea do something together. Dream. 
Woo! Patty? See, the instant manifestors just put that out into the universe. <laughs> oh, I had good. I'm glad I had a couple minutes to think about it because I think I thought about 10 people. Yeah. First one that came one. to my mind. It is a tough question. I love, I love very good Michael McDonald. Oh, I could listen yes. to him. We heard him together as a family about three years ago at Mystic, or maybe maybe not three years ago, but we were floored at how great he was. And he was in a joint concert with Shaka Khan, who blew my mind as well. We were just like, wow, who, who knew? You know, I, they'd still be performing at that high level. I would love to hear pianist um, Bill Evans and vocalist Tony Bennett do the renditions of the songs they did in 1975, the two albums they recorded live in the studio. I would love to hear them do their work together on a stage in a pin drop scenario where I could drink them in live for a night. It's amazing. And Ella Fitzgerald, of course, but I did get to see her live. Any day, Earth, Wind & Fire. Put me there because I'm going to have fireworks and earth, wind, fire, and take six at my funeral. That's all I'm going to say. That's <laughs> how much I love them. <laughs> yeah. They, well, yeah, they were out at Mystic Lake. Was it last year? And uh, they might have had three or four of the original members. One has since passed, but they were, oh, I couldn't believe how no, good, good they were. No, it's the best. And Michael McDonald was out last summer with the Doobie Brothers out at uh, Treasure island oh that's exactly right and of course yeah. i had a gig i can't believe they did the state fair but michael couldn't come um oh that that's time. right was that right, a covid right, right. thing yeah it was yeah. it was I wasn't gonna say but yes <laughs> anyway well so we've had such great music and shared so much great music in our family and and quite honestly everybody thinks we get together during the holidays and the birthday parties and play music last thing on our mind. Yeah. We eat food and ketchup. Yeah. Yes. Take and, pictures in the food line. And yes. Exactly. Yeah, take pictures <laughs> in the food line. And we didn't get to the grandchildren, but the grandchildren are already starting to uh, show promising signs of being wonderful musicians. That's amazing. And did, did Billy play with the Righteous Brothers or something? He, he did way back in the day. Wow. Yeah. Man. He sure did. Yeah, and, he did. And, Ben Sidron, who who is eighty now, still goes to Europe on this tour every year, and Billy will be going again. They got sidelined like everybody did with the COVID, yeah. but they're back at it. They're going to Madrid the end of the, I think May twentieth. They leave and Madrid and Paris and London, and then they go on to south of France. And so everybody's still everybody's still busy, thankfully healthy. And before you go, Linda, what's on your schedule? I'm home now for the summer, and okay. Jason and I have a monthly gig at Crooners, and uh, I, it's I, fun I, up there. Yeah, it's very fun up there, and and so I was glad to get him because he's got a lot of touring to do, but was able to intersperse these dates with his mama at home at Crooners while he's home, and then then I'll go back to Palm Springs, February, March, and April, where I have a standing couple of gigs, and and it's just get out of the. Get out of the cold Minnesota yeah. weather. And yeah, especially this year, yeah, right? Yeah, Patty, right. what's on your uh, performing schedule? I have... Because you're uh, on the radio now. Well, I'm... Yeah, I went to radio about... It'll be close to 15 years ago at the uh, jazz station. Yeah. And it, of course, you know, it's so fun for me because it was the music that we were raised on. So I have one show, which is contemporary jazz on Sunday, but I am a rotating sub over there all the time. 
I'm the Denny Long of that station. <laughs> <laughs> One of the all-time greats. Oh, yeah. man, I guess so. Along with Davide, right? <clears throat> well, I took to, well, there you go. Davide is with us at Jazz 88. Linda, I don't even know if you know I that, do. In fact, I complimented him on his new gig yeah, just the other day. wonderful. Well, I have uh, the shows. The Pride at, of Basel, Switzerland. That's oh, right. there you go. Okay. What a gorgeous country. So, um, shows at Tranhassen Dinner Theater with Lori Dawkins. It's called the I Am Woman Show. We also have Women on the Moon. This is all about what women writers and performers we're doing and the I Am Woman show of course is, starts out with Helen Reddy I'm also in the Classic American Rockers which we've got some concerts coming up this year crooners again and then I'm at the Dakota in the end of July with my brother Ricky and a couple of the guys from the David Sanborn band and brother Paul and uh, the Jazz Women All-Stars is performing at the Twin Cities Jazz Festival Linda and I share that together often and um, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's the end of June, and we'll be there at Saturday at Muse Park in St. Paul. So, And then we have uh, Songs Our Mother Loved, August oh, 4th, right. at Crooners. That's the family. Yeah, congrats on everything. Thank I mean, you. How yeah. fun this was. Thank you for having Are us you here. Into- me? Yeah, this is, I mean, Minnesota, I, I mentioned before that you've heard the tag before, but Minnesota's f- first family of jazz. You're in the Hall of Fame, and uh, the stories are... I mean, if the brothers are here, we'd be sitting. I would guess for another three, four hours we with, the, with you yeah, guys got going a lot back of and them. forth. Just yeah. as well they couldn't come today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs those pesky boys? <laughs> Dave, thank you for having us. Yes, really? God, this is so just a joy. Oh. Enjoy doing this program, and, and great to see you again. Good to see you too. And Linda, congrats on everything again. But I know you got much more to accomplish. But appreciate you coming in today. It's great. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. She is now one of our Minnesota jazz legends as well, and I featured her last year. It was very fun. We had so, a good time. Yeah. Davide, thank you as always. You're welcome. For putting this together, and uh, we'll be back next week on my first concert. Our thanks to Linda and Patty Peterson. And uh, again, our thanks to Aquarius, to Propane.com, to Starbank, and to our friends at UCARE for making this possible today. Dave Lee here. I'll talk to you next week on My First Concert.